the Building Freedom podcast is created by Randy Stambry, the founder and chief inspirational officer of Four Level Coach. Randy is a best-selling author with 25 years of real-world experience and a load of personal and business development. He will be sharing the tools, strategies, and mindsets to help you overcome the most difficult roadblocks. Discover how you can transform your life and your business for greater freedom. Hey, good morning, Brian. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Good. Hey, uh, thanks for uh, joining us today. No problem. Uh, Brian is with uh, Home Painters Toronto, um, which, uh, Brian, tell me about, about your name just to start off. I know it's got to be a strategic, uh, a, you know, a strategic decision to use the name uh, Home Painters Toronto. And tell me a bit about that. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Um, actually, I started as Home Painters back in 1991. Right. And... Uh, trying to think how I even came up with that. I had no idea for a name and I just thought, well, I'm going to be painting homes and I'm a painter. So, so that's how it came up. Not very strategic, uh, very funny. And then my ex-wife actually was saying, Brian, there's so many home painters around. How's people going to know who you are? This is like five years ago. And I'm like, I don't know. Well, maybe they'll just see my face on, on the, um, on the ad or whatever. And she said, no, Brian, you need something else. So put in Toronto. And then I said, okay. <laughs> so I did it. And that's how it came up with Home Painters Toronto. Um, yeah, well, you know, the Home Painters Toronto has to work extremely well for your marketing and for your online. Yeah, it does. Actually, it's it's a blessing. Like I said, it's a blessing disguise. Uh, it's very distinct. It comes up in a lot of search results. Um, I'm not an SEO like expert, but it, it actually worked to my advantage in many ways. And people are are happy, like we'll remember each, we call it HPT, but Home Painters Toronto customers remember me by it. So it worked out really well. And we have other home painters as well um, in different areas of Ontario. And it's, yeah, we're using the kind of the brand to, um, for different cities as well. Awesome. I love that. Um, Brian, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, how you got started, um, when you got started and, you know, uh, kind of what you went through in order to, you know, get to where you are now, um, which I know is leaps and bounds uh, from where you uh, from where you started. Sure. Well, it's a long story, but I'll basically sum it up. Um, I started as a student painter back in 1987 and first year of university, and I started just as a way to pay my way through school, and then um, that was basically roughly four years. And then when I graduated in 1991, um, I didn't really have a job. I was I was really good at painting. I I was you know I was cold calling, good at cold calling homes and drumming up business. So I just thought why not just keep doing it. And next thing you know, um, things went pretty good for about five to seven eight years. And then right around 1997 2000 when the internet started having more of a presence, and that's when cold calling became less and less a way to market your business and so I went through a, roughly a 10-year span where it was like my market share was decreasing every day, every week, every month, every year for over a decade. And then um, in 2011, uh, long story short, I, I basically got, um, I was cold calling a house customer, got ticked off at me, um, calling during dinner time, swore at me, punched me in the face, 
And, and then that's when I kind of realized, okay, I got to change the way I market my business or else I can't keep, you know, I'm, I knew the the writing was on the wall, but I just didn't want to change. And so wow, that's that, when, you know, it's interesting. And sometimes we need a good punch in the face just to, uh, just to do something different, but you got it literally. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. And like I'd been, there's a lot of things leading up to that, but that was kind of like the, the one defining moment when I said, okay, enough's enough. I got to figure out a better way to do this. And, and that's when I went online, I just started Googling coaches and ways to improve my business. Cause I was such a stubborn guy. I mean, I was great at what I did. I was a good cold caller, but no longer worked for the industry. And uh, I didn't want to let it go. And that's when I finally had to realize that I had to change. And, and then, so I went online, found a coach and then just that realization that someone could help me. Um, it's something I was allegedly like really, really, really good at and make make it better and find a different way of tweaking or let's say funneling that energy into something else or that skill set into another part of another way to market your business and that's when i pretty much blew the business up um well pretty much um over 10 times growth since that actually more than 10 times growth if you want to count 2011 so uh, 10 times growth since that punch and and you believe that that uh coach that you know, obviously you had a mind shift change yeah. at some point. And that mind shift change allowed you to open up to see that, you know, maybe we got to do something different. And that something different was getting a coach, which obviously helped you kind of direct you to some, you know, some more mind shift changes and uh, get you to uh, to start looking at, I'm assuming, marketing differently. Absolutely. Well, the whole thing was is the mindset and the fact that I – I um I didn't believe anyone could do it better than me and I didn't believe that I needed to change and then so my whole belief system kind of got overhauled in not even I would say 3 to 6 months like everything every belief that I had about certain things were completely like turned upside down and that just that was an incredibly tough time mentally to be able to make those mindset changes but holy mackerel, once I did, it just opened the floodgates to, to me, exponentially growth. And right now I'm, I'm in the process. I was just talking to my consultant before I was talking to you. And, and he's trying to decide, Brian, do you want to be rich or do you want to be king? And I'm thinking, well, I want to be king. You know, I want to, I want to be master my domain, amazing at what I do. And that, I said, Brian, in, in other words, if you want to be able to grow this to, you know, 500 percent or five thousand percent whatever the number was fast uh bigger than you are now you got to change make another mindset change so right now to me it never stops like i mean whether you're you know 500 5000 550000 500000 5 million 50 million you're always making these fundamental psychological um not psychological but my fundamental mindset changes that can change the can be the game changer for how you uh, grow your business. And, you know, some people make it, some people don't. I'm struggling with this right now. Do I want to be king or do I want to be, do I want to be rich? You know? So, so, so tell, tell us about that. Um, what's the, what do you see as the difference of being king or being rich? Well, I just found out like a half hour ago that being king is basically I'm stuck in operations and I'm the type of owner that, you know, wants their business to go a certain way. And I'm a little bit of a control freak that way. And um, I'm always going in there kind of save the day. And there's a problem with that because 
I can't be doing this if I want to like right now we're at three million. I can't do that when I'm at three hundred million. Like there's there's going to be too many fires to put out, and if we don't have proper systems, proper processes, proper organization structure set up, and everyone's sticking to their box, then there's not it's not going to it's not going to fly. Yeah, couldn't so could not agree more. Yeah, yeah. So that's the that's the dilemma, and I think this changes with every you know, aspect of growth, whether, like I said, you're at 300,000, you're at 3 million or 30 million or 300 million. And you're always making these changes and it all comes down to your mindset. And do I want to be king or do I want to be, do I want to be rich? And right now I want to be king. I mean, I already have enough money. I'm fine. I don't need any more money. I'm, I'm yeah. happy. You know, I've got everything paid for, but do I want to grow from 3 million to 30 million? Sure. Maybe, you know, but I'm happy doing what I'm doing, but yeah, but it comes down to infinite, like one of my key values is I just, I love growth. I just love challenge and I'm in love with the game. And if I stay at where I am, I lose that. Yeah. And I'm I'm assuming you're not talking about business growth. You're talking about personal growth. You're talking about growth as a whole and, and everything. Yeah. Everything traveling. But in this aspect, I'm talking about business growth. So do I want to stay at three million? I said, shit, no. Excuse my language. My loud swear. I said, of course no. Um, but three, no. I want to. I want to go to five, and then when I'm at five, I'm gonna to want to go to ten, and then so I gotta. I'm working on these belief systems daily, weekly, monthly, and it's always gonna um, have its challenges. And that's. But that's the beauty thing about growth is is you're never gonna stop challenging your your um, belief systems and what you thought yesterday is not gonna to work today what you think today is not going to work tomorrow. So that's what's keeping me going and it's keeping keeping this engine going. If you're 10xing where you're at now, you're going to be at 30 million. Um and 30 million will you you know it's quite simply you cannot get to 30 million doing what you're currently doing. Um and what I love you're always looking for the next um mindset shift, the next uh piece of growth that completely changes everything that you're doing in order to continue to grow to that next level. So, yeah, I, I love this conversation um, and, and and how it's all directed around mindset because I believe exactly what you're saying is true. Everything comes down to how we think about what we're doing and our beliefs around how we're doing those things. Absolutely. And I think I said this before that whatever you thought yesterday and you have I mean, I think the natural human mind likes to say, okay, finally, I know what's going on. That never stops. It's like, okay, fine. You got to hear now to get to hear. You need to challenge what you just spent the last three years changing. So it's like constantly just, it's just like complete open, like an opening up the jack in the box and finding out a a whole new set of tricks and a whole new set of ideas and implementation systems and and that's what's great about it i mean you have to be at least in my case i have to be in love with that challenge and that insecurity or that unknowingness of what's going to happen tomorrow and if you can do that then i think it's uh you know sky's the limit yeah beautiful um you know and i was just having a conversation with this uh one of my coaching clients that um about uh, comfortability. I mean, as soon as you get too comfortable, you're probably in the wrong place. Um, you know, so putting ourselves outside of that comfort zone is really the only way to keep pushing ourselves in that challenge. And like you said, 
Um, for me, if I'm not challenged, then I'm really not enjoying what I'm doing. I, I need that next level of challenge to push me beyond my comfort zone, um, which is not always easy to do, but um, it's certainly uh, what brings me joy in life for sure. So you must, you must uh, definitely enjoy that as well. Yeah, it's not for everyone. I think, I don't know what the percentage is, but very few people like to live there. Most people like to just, you know, learn something and then that's it. Or they do, you know, they might grow a little bit, but I mean, I think it's an entrepreneurial thing. You either have it or you don't. And that kind of that entrepreneurial ADD, that part where you want to be challenged and kind of pushed to to the limit of, you know, every fiber of your being every day and every week or else you're bored, you know, and you're like, what do I do with myself? You know, so I think that's something innate, but. I think the actual skill can be acquired if you do have that drive and you have that, so to speak, eye of the tiger that just wants to be challenged on a regular basis. Beautiful. Hey, Brian, what, how has your role changed over time, you know, from the beginning, you know, what you were doing in the business then uh, to, you know, what you're doing in the business now? Well, before I was doing everything and except for painting. So color matching, um, quotes, obviously production, be qualifying. Um, so I was doing everything from the, you know, obviously from the time even generating leads, I used to cold call and generate my own leads, uh, lawn signs and everything. And now I've delegated, I don't know, like, I. I'm in the process of creating processes for the processes, so um, yeah. it's gotten so com- it's gotten so complex that I'm breaking my business down into like chunk sizes so that it can be kind of look um, as a job description, um, realistic for you know a candidate to make you know whatever money it is. So trying to break that business down, but it's just again that's a muscle in itself delegation, and so I've delegated I would say a good eighty to 90% of my operations away, but I'm still getting kind of um, lured back into fixing certain problems. So that's what we're trying to fix now and trying to create the the business so that every, like, because I've created, I've say I've production managers now, sales, sales um, representation, uh, representatives, uh, lead qualifiers, production administration. So we're breaking the business down that way. And so we're trying to structure it so everyone has their box and and they know their metrics that's associated to their tasks and their you know their daily weekly monthly goals quarterly goals and and so they're all accountable to that and metrics are counted um, associated to their job description as well so it can be measured on pretty much a dashboard so I can I don't need to be in the business asking them what they're doing I can just look at a number and say okay you know you're doing what you're doing. You know, you've qualified 12 leads today. That's that's perfect. That's what I need done. You know, so we're trying yeah. to do that. And and well, we've done it. We just got to make sure it's like on paper and and put on a dashboard so I can kind of manage the business from just looking at the numbers. Brilliant. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, and when you talk about metrics, uh, I think far too many. Um, you know, small contractors really don't look at their metrics and they don't understand their metrics. And without understanding what those are and getting deeper into them, uh, you, you're really kind of flying by the seat of your pants, not knowing how well you're actually doing. You're maybe doing 
jobs and doing the work, but you're not actually ever going to get to the next stage if you're not understanding what those metrics look like. So I, I love that you brought that up. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And then you're – go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, because I was just going to say about the metrics is when you're running the business and you're the only guy doing it, then you don't really – I mean, you have your metrics, but it's all in your head, and as long as you're bringing in money, you're doing well and you're fulfilling on it. But when you've built – when you have, like, anywhere from, I would think, five-plus employees – and you're, you got payroll and you and they're doing now the operations that you used to do. If you don't have those metrics, you're dead basically because they're, you know, who knows what's going on. And that's when things can really get out of control. And the, the more employees you have, the more those metrics, you need those metrics to measure everyone. And those employees, they need that metrics in order, in other words, to know what if they're doing a good job or not. Rather than just saying, oh, it seems like I did a pretty good job today, it's 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 going to yeah. basically blow up on you, and it's you're going to cause basically. Um, I mean, it depends on how much money you're making, but it came to a point where I was making all this money, but I didn't know where it was going, and at the end of the day, I was down to like three or four percent net profit. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I was selling jobs at really profitable, but I'm not bringing in the money, and then so without those metrics, I was basically blind without a cane. Wow. Yeah, that that's um it's so great that you're sharing this information. Uh I, I think anyone listening that uh that is not doing what you're doing today and has that desire to get to the level that you get to, I think you're helping them with all kinds of great insights here. Um, and what you're talking about is, you know, somebody that's uh, running it on their own or maybe with one or two other employees, you know, I always consider that as as having a job, not a business. Um, and if anybody wants to get out of having that job and being there, you know, if without them on the job site day to day, they're not actually making money. And what you're referring to is having a job, not a business. And you at one point decided you want to get out of having a job and creating a business that's actually um, scalable, that can grow, that can um, uh, start employing people to a degree where you have these departments now. And uh, it's uh, it's great that uh, you've done what you've done and certainly interesting to hear all about it. I, and I know, um, Brian, a big part of your success is, and, and I can tell just by simply looking at your website, um, how meticulously and brilliantly it's been put together from uh, an FDO standpoint, um, a lead generation standpoint, lead capture, Tell us a bit about at, at what point in time did you get real, real serious about making that choice uh, to start getting serious about your online presence? Because, you know, it, it, it speaks volumes and you can tell what you're doing and, uh, and and how it must be working for you. Yeah, well, this is the thing. This was the fundamental shift because I was cold calling and we didn't even have a website up to 2012. And um, this was a huge fundamental shift. And the thing was, is back in 2012, which is only five years ago, there were so many things you can get away with online and like, for example, um, backlinks, for example. And I'm not an expert at this. I just know the, base, the basics behind it. You can basically uh, spam your website and get a bunch uh, company to, you know, create backlinks for you. At, you know, who knows how many thousand a, a week or a month or whatever, and, and you you get SEO presence because of that. Whereas now Google is so strict, and 
meticulous in how they, um, their algorithms and how they reward certain sites over others, that if you're not on top of that and if you're not doing it organically, which is basically through content, good content and relevant traffic to your customers and converting on that, then they're not going to reward your website. And to rank organically number one on Google is obviously the goal of every website um, for, you know, how many thousand of your keywords. And so that's what it's come down to now since 2012. And this is the thing. I mean, we I made a lot of mistakes even back then and that I got burned for and that I'm just learning, sorry, when I learned back then. And that's when I realized that this was not my unique ability. This was not my strength. Although I do did know the basics and I understood the concepts in terms of implementation was not my strength. So that's when I eventually hired someone to do that and it turned out really good. And to this day, we're still working every day on this and trying to pimp things out and making sure that this was like the ideal, you know, website for someone that's looking for residential homes in Toronto that need that want their house painted. So at, at some point now, now what I know is a, is a massive challenge for, you know, the, uh, the common contractor out there is, you know, how do I spend the right amount of money to go out and get my online presence to be such that I can have leads coming in on a regular basis. I have a way of capturing those leads, converting those leads. But how do I go out and do that when, you know, I'm a one man, two man show here and I'm focused on just getting the job done day to day and I don't have the cash flow to go and spend on my marketing. You know, at some point, I'm sure you were in that boat, but you decided yeah. something about it. And what was that? Did you do that? Yeah, this is, um, that's a good question. Uh, everyone's different. I'm just saying what worked for me. I was, I'm not like by nature of my mind, like I said, I always want to grow. And um, I think it's first, you got to realize what's your strength and weakness and be honest with yourself. If your strength is, is not SEO, then don't spend, you know, 16 hours a day staring at the screen, trying to figure things out. Um, I would say get someone, you might want to start slow and it does take some effort on your part though. Cause obviously it's just like a car when you bring your car in, you don't necessarily have to get, you know, to know how the car works to fix it, but you want to at least hear from the mechanic, what they're doing and why they're doing it so that you're not being ripped off. And so the same thing with your website. So if let's say if your strength is, let's say if you're a painter, if you, you know, you're really good at colors and making sure the colors, um, you know, the paint goes on the wall, tell in the, well in the operations part of it, don't spend 16 hours a day on the computer screen, spend your time doing that. But you still want to spend a certain amount of your time looking underneath the hood of your car and finding out why you're doing certain things. And in my view, this is what I did. I basically just hired someone full time to do it and i got them in-house so i didn't um, i tried summing it out to companies and it didn't work unfortunately that didn't work because they were charging me so much and um the roi on it the return on investment wasn't very profitable for me and they were doing so little it would have taken who knows how long to get to where i am it probably would have taken 15 more years so i eventually just bit the bullet and i said you know i'm going to hire someone pay them a decent salary and then have them come into my house basically and tell me every week what they're doing and then we'll have a plan and work on it every week 
you know, he'd meet with me once every week or two weeks. And we'd say, okay, what are we doing today? Okay, we're doing blogs. Okay, let's come up with three blogs a day. And then I would hire someone for that. And then we would structure the blog so it's SEO friendly, so the you know the search engine could find it. And so this was back in three or four years ago. So right now your blog is still part of it, but we're working on other things. And just because the algorithms change, but the point is, is that I would not try to be an expert in it. I would hire someone. Um, I prefer in-house. You could try out-house too. The, the, sorry, you could sub it out, but I find that in-house you have a little more control. This is your marketing. This is the way the customers see you and the way you're going to generate leads. But this is something that's super crucial. It's not something like um, paint colors you can just sub out. So I would recommend getting them in-house and working on it and making sure you understand it and you have an action plan and understand why they're doing it and look at the current rules and just do it slowly and surely. And if, you, if you're serious about expanding your business and you want to, you know, three, five, ten extra growth, that's totally the, the, the way I would recommend doing it. Beautiful. You know, it's something that you must have decided along the way is that this um, spending money on somebody in-house is not a cost. It is an investment. You, you talked about ROI and return on investment. Um, you know, I, I think uh, a lot of, you know, small entrepreneurs struggle with the fact of spending money to, to make money and they see spending money as a cost. And if you're a true entrepreneur, I really believe that you need to see spending money as an investment. Uh, where are you investing in people? Where are you investing in your marketing? And not looking at it as a cost. If you see it as a true cost and only a cost, then you'll never want to spend that money. And at Absolutely. some point you decided that. Yeah, and I was the cheapest guy. I, I, I pretty much I was pretty much the cheapest, probably right up there with the cheapest painters out there. And what I mean by that is I I, I had a five hundred dollar budget, and this is on we were doing about three hundred thousand dollars, two three hundred thousand dollar sales, and I had a five hundred dollar marketing budget, and it consisted of business cards and lawn signs. That was it. That was it. I didn't even spend money on flyers. I would photocopy them. I would get my ex to photocopy them for me at our work. So, <laughs> so I would. I, I was the cheapest guy out there. And this is the thing. I didn't want to spend. It was roughly eleven hundred dollars I spent on my coach a month. And I was like, Are you kidding me? Like that? That would cost me. I don't know how many job, paint jobs to 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 um, produce. And I was like. Um, so anyway, long story short, I bit the bullet. Like I said, the punch in the face was the thing that made me spend 1100 And I realized this, it, we were, we got to work pretty quickly and not even three months. I remember the number was $50,000 in a week or something like that. And this was, this would normally take me like close to four months to produce. I did $50,000 revenue in one week. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And, and I was like, okay, if I could spend $1,100 to get me $50,000 uh, a week in revenue, I will make that trade every day of the week for the, for the rest of my life. And I will be a multimillionaire. So that's when I realized that this $1,100 was an expense at the time, but holy crap, like if, if you can get return on that, and to let's say double, triple, quadruple that 1100, and this time it was like 49 times that amount. I make that trade every day of the week till the wow. day I die. Yeah, amazing. I absolutely yeah. love that and believe yeah. it fully myself, and uh, certainly try to do that in everything I do. Um, yeah. Wait, one one last thing. I, I know that um, 
you know, hiring must be of some challenges. Uh, your business has grown substantially, you know, doing $3 million. You obviously have several crews. Um, you know, talk a little bit about some of some of the hiring challenges and, and how you've overcome them. Hiring, God, that's just, this is a constant challenge. <laughs> uh, well, my experience so far is um, in terms of people that fit our culture and people who I, who we like to work with. Um, our ratio might be one in ten. I haven't done the statistics actually, maybe one in fifteen, but it's not very high. The bottom line is, is uh, I just actually bought a software called Hireology, and I'm in the process of testing it now because we can. I'm trying to automate this so I'm not spending so much time going through resumes and you know yeah. interviewing, and I can delegate this to someone so you know they can basically do it. it $15 an hour so I can just have to see the you know the top three candidates and make my decisions based on that so it's constant process and it's um, to me at least in mar our market in Toronto I find that it's just so hard to find really good people so you have to automate it and create processes so that um, objective processes not just oh, I like that person because they smiled at me a certain way or whatever no um, there has to be objective processes based on in our in our culture, we have certain values and questions you can ask based on those values. And then putting them through, we call it the gauntlet, where instead of just asking them questions, we'll actually have, like, we'll do some role-playing, like a, a lead qualification role-playing, see how they do. We'll, we'll try to quote, uh, sorry, coach them up in that gauntlet and see how they, you know, respond to that. If they get, you know, if they get dissuaded by it or they just, you know, give up or they, you know, it inspires them, then obviously that's a good candidate. But so in my view, it's it's a numbers game. That's the first thing. If you can automate as much of that process as possible. So you as the owner don't have to be doing all, you know, all the vetting. And then of course, creating a gauntlet of some sort, whatever you want to do in terms of what fits your culture, in terms of actually getting to actually do that action rather than just asking questions. Because I find we're, we're in a culture where people are really good at interviewing and and sometimes you you know based on interviews you'll hire the wrong person and it's like god if i could only have worked for them work with them like even two or three hours i would have known that they you know took three hour breaks or whatever the the situation was so is that part gauntlet. is that part of your gauntlet is having them do some form of work test with you well, I'll ask them to do, it depends on the task, of course, if it's administration, it's a lot different from painters. Painters, we actually ask them to come in for an interview, but we'll actually ask them to get, your, you know, come prepared to paint for even 15 minutes. And we just ask them to open up a paint can, dip your paint in the brush, uh, in the paint can, cut out, cut we have a garage door that has like about 50 cuts on it. <laughs> cut this line, let me see how you do. And so that's our gauntlet for painters. So sure. um, we actually have them do something, not like obviously we don't want them to paint a house because that's not legal, but just just let me see if you can hold a brush and if you know how to dip a paint can, do you drop sheet well, can you cut a line? And if they can do that in 15 minutes, then they've passed that part of the, yeah. And then for administration, I'll, I'll ask them to do something different, but yeah. So you have, for every different position, there's a different task that they could, they should do in terms of getting through that gauntlet. I love it. Um, Brian, man, I, I got to thank you so much for uh, your time here today, um, all your insights. Um, I know there's, uh, you know, several of our listeners out there um, that have got great insights today and uh, lots of value out of this conversation. So, so thank you. And there's no doubt that um, based on what we've talked about, 
uh, I'd love to go deeper with you sometime on some of these other uh, items that we just scratched the surface on. So if you're up, if you're up for that, we'll have another call one day. Absolutely. And I just want to say that if any, you know, really serious, like-minded individuals, painters, field managers, sales reps, uh, want to further their career as well and want to work with a great company. We're always trying to find great people. So feel free to ring, uh, ring me up. It's basically owner at homepainterstoronto.com. Owner uh, singular at homepainterstoronto.com. Give me a ring and I'll be happy to speak to you. Or if you even have any questions and you, um, I'd be happy to help you as well. And Randy's awesome as well, just to give you some tips on that. I'm not a coach, but I'm an owner and operator by trade, and that's what I find I'm strongest at. And, uh, yeah, I'd love to uh, talk to you as well. Great, Brian. Hey, man, thanks for your time. Um, go take care of that business, and we'll do the same. And um, everyone else, uh, keep moving forward, guys. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's podcast and would like to learn more about how to get off the hamster wheel of your business, visit us at fulllevelcoach.com forward slash learn more. You can access tools that will help you enjoy more time, money, and freedom in your own business. You can also book a strategy session with our owner and entrepreneur, Randy Stanbury. Thanks for listening.